Hello and welcome back to Any Requests. This is Calum and David's podcast where we take Patreon requested uh, podcast requests for £5 a month on absolutely anything you want. Anything you want and we always say, uh, make a point of saying uh, how vast a range uh, we get. Um, but we are going back into TV land uh, this week. We are. So this one is from our good friend Adam. Thank you uh, very much for your continued support. Uh, I believe we're on to his third request now. Yeah. Um, and he very kindly uh, has requested an episode of possibly my favourite ever TV show uh, <laughs> in history, which is, of course, the wonderful Quantum Leap. It is an absolutely uh, brilliant, brilliant uh, series. Um, I I remember watching it with my dad, um, specifically during large swathes of his unemployment. Um, (laughs) When I must have been, I was trying to think, it must have been under 12, so probably 8, 9, 10. Yeah, so I mean, I guess that must have been reruns because the original series ran uh, for five seasons from 1989 through to 1994. So you would have, yeah, only have been I mean, four yeah. at the time of the last season. So, but, but, but uh, you know, I'm only two and a half years older than you. So the same with me, it, it would have been probably the reruns that we would have been watching. Because I, I think you mentioned before we started recording, you've got memory of it coming on after The Simpsons on I, BBC I, Two, I, yeah, before, which I, I think do before, as well. Actually. Yeah. So I think, I think it was like afternoon kind of before prime time. Yeah. Uh, repeats. But I just, I remember something, my dad was really passionate about me watching it as a kid. He yeah. was like, this is really good stuff. Yeah. Scott Bakula's your friend. Yeah. Um, it's brilliant. And and I and I remember kind of thinking, oh, that's fantastic. But I haven't watched any of it since. I mean, I think you and I talked about it when we yeah. met at university. Like, oh, yeah, we know Quantum Leap. And, you know, I've always said it's a brilliant series. Yeah. But I've never really revisited it. So it was a real pleasure. And I sort of walked down kind of memory lane. Um, and I'm really, really encouraged and pleased to say that it is probably better than I remember. Yeah. So, I mean, I I... As we say, yeah, watched watched it as a child and then uh, got back into it because they used to do reruns on the Sci-Fi Channel. And when I was in my early teens, I was lucky enough to get uh, we got a second Skybox put into my room, so I used to be able to watch Sky TV in my bedroom uh, as yes. a teenager. And uh, so we had the Sci-Fi Channel on there. And then so in my kind of yeah early to mid teens, rewatched it again. Um, and then I bought all the DVDs and rewatched it again <laughs> when I was yeah. like eighteen, just 19. to make sure. Yeah. Um, um, but probably, yeah, probably haven't really properly sat down and watched it for a good decade at least. Um, but yet still count it as maybe my favorite show of, of, of all time, largely because of my love of Scott Bakula or it's actually meant to be Bacula, I believe, but I just can't get my head around it. No, (laughs) no, that's it. Um, but Bacula is Bacula. So it's like count Bacula. Um, But I was, yeah, lucky enough to, uh, uh, speak to him at a, at a Q&A thing at a, a Comic-Con in yeah. 2009 um, and uh, and it was really lovely and and uh, and sort of all these people that were there were kind of going oh, in that episode was it really uh, the real gun or a prop you know yeah. asking very and I just sort of and I asked him I believe my question was uh, uh, what did he get the most enjoyment out of acting on stage or acting on screen. And he mm. was, uh, yeah, quite commented on what a nice question it was, because I think it was, <laughs> he was nice. getting sick of just semantics of Quantum Leap yeah. episodes. Um, 
uh, and then asked me about why I asked it, and I just said I was in the theatre, and then he wished me every luck with my theatre career. So I've never so forgotten the memory of meeting your hero as well. Absolutely, um, and and I I do just genuinely think he's a phenomenal actor. I think yeah. his range is incredible. His 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 subtlety, um, uh, and the fact that this is a hard gig. So, for those of you that don't know, Quantum Leap was uh, created by a guy called Donald Belisario. Uh, who is basically like the king of 80s American TV. So he created Magnum P.I., yeah. Airwolf, like all these big shows. Then into the 90s and noughties, and things like NCIS. So huge, huge. television creator. Um, and yeah, as we say, it premiered in 1989. And essentially the premise is it's set in the near future, which I guess depressingly would probably be the past now in yeah, 1989. Yeah. Um, uh, and it follows Dr. Samuel Beckett, which is a deliberate nod to the playwright Sam, Sam Beckett, Beckett because yeah. the whole series is is very much uh, uh, has an existentialist undertone running through it and the yeah. idea of kind of constantly being in this limbo. And when you think about things like Waiting for Godot, there's this idea there's of time and moral dilemmas within time. Like whilst, yeah. whilst you're you know if sam if sam beckett was a sci-fi writer i think the idea of constantly leaping through space trying to find your way home and having to solve huge moral problems along the way that's it is the yeah. type of thing he would have written yeah so so sam beckett is a uh quantum physicist in the near future that has worked out this theory um that uh, uh one is able to travel in time within their own lifetime right. um because of the idea that an now, in the series, again, I might be remembering this wrong, but I'm pretty sure they refer to it as string theory, but yeah. it's nothing to do with actual real string theory in quantum right. physics. It's the string theory of quantum leap, which is that time, if time uh, was a piece of string, it wouldn't be a straight linear string. It would be a scrunched up ball of string. Right. And therefore you could jump from points to points, but that string represents <clears throat> a life. So yeah. you couldn't go beyond that piece of string, but you could jump in time through various different points on that string is is the kind of premise. Now, um, this is a bit of kind of non-accurate time travel, which I can get my head around. Yeah. Unlike those of you who have struggled through my uh, crime traveler moment, <laughs> where when I think I've got it, and then I haven't. Um, but that's because Anthony Horowitz is being really clever with crime travel. Yeah. Whereas um, I think what we've got here is, is something that is using artistic license, but really, really effectively. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, the I mean, age... it's all artistic license because time yeah, travel is Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, real. Yeah, but... I'm worried that you think Crime Traveller has solved time travel. Well, no, but, you... well, in, <laughs> but in theory. No, like... no, in theory, a giant photocopier does not make you travel back. Hey, we got hours. in trouble for criticising that time machine. That's true. Let's That's not true. go there again. And I love it. I'm the one that loves it. I know. Um, but Ooh. yeah, um, the giant photocopier. Uh, it doesn't come into play here. No, but, um, but there is still a similar blue light there is a, yeah. uh, that is utilised. But no, so the idea is that they do this experiment in the pilot episode and something goes slightly wrong and, and essentially he does time travel, but he time travels into the bodies of other people. Which and, is something they didn't account for. Yeah, and the idea is that he can't leave that life yeah. until he puts right something that went wrong. Yeah. Uh, so the... And, the idea is he keeps doing this, eventually trying to return home. Yeah. Um, but also because of the nature of time travel, he doesn't age. He doesn't assert like it's because he's jumping in and around time. So he's kind of non-existent and, yeah. and in, inhabiting the bodies of all these other people. Um, and uh, alongside him, he has uh, his uh, sort of 
uh, Guide, which is uh, uh, Al Calavici, played by the fabulous Dean Stockwell. Yeah, um, still with us, 84. Still with us. I, uh, we talked uh, a little bit about Harry Dean Stanton mm. in last week in the Green Mile in Paris, Texas. Dean Stockwell plays his brother in that film. Brilliant. Ah. Um, and is that also because they're all called Dean? Well, they're all called Redemption. Dean. They're all called, called Dean. Dean. So they've got and people. Harry. Um, Any actor called Dean is, is brilliant. Uh, Dean Norris, who plays the police brother-in-law in uh um what's it called breaking bad oh yeah, uh, yeah. dean gaffney De- um, okay right you found it you found it you found <laughs> the exception that proves the rule. hey hey i'll have no bad words said about dean gaffney <laughs> so so yeah and 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 al is uh this sort of military officer um now again the time period's a bit tricky because he he did his character fought in vietnam right uh, yeah as a young man so I, I, I guess that it can't be that far beyond the late 90s. I think it's yeah. literally like five years in the future is when it's set. For him to be for the For, for that to, to make middle-aged sense. Middle-aged veteran. Because he's in their version of the present day. Yeah. Well, sort of slightly in the future. Um, it's kind of a jazzy, and, slightly jazzy suit. Yeah, yeah. And he's got this computer called Ziggy that's able to work out probabilities and, and tell him bits and pieces of information to yeah. kind of help him solve the puzzle of, of, of who he is and why he's there. Um, and this is kind of explained a little bit in the in the kind of beginning speech before, like the prologue before the theme tune. Theorising that one could time travel within his own lifetime. I used yeah, to know the whole thing. I mean, it's a great, great yeah. little oh, it's uh, party trick to have. Um, yeah, and I, I love that. I just completely forgot that there was a prologue before the theme tune. Well, they all used to have the A-Team one. Uh, 1980, yeah. Crack yeah. Commando unit. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's really good. And, and then also, the theme tune, you'd expect to be pretty, you know, short. It's not. It's great. It's, it's got like a full eight section with an. Inc- it's like two theme, theme tunes in the history of television. It's my favorite theme tune in TV ever, ever, ever. I, I mean, it. it used to be my ringtone for about five years. Okay, that's yeah. quite commitment. Yeah. I I think it hasn't been my ringtone ever. So okay. I don't. I'm not. I couldn't like hum it to you, even though now I've just heard it. Um, and then the whole middle section is a completely different song and then it comes back to again it sounds a bit almost like like the big country it's like it yeah, could be like yeah, almost yeah, western yeah. themed and yeah yeah um but sorry as you were saying it's a quite a tough gig for scott bacula or bacula because he he is literally playing a huge amount of like what you'd expect is kind of a character actor to be playing these parts but you've got you know scott being scott bakula being a very kind of leading man good looking yeah uh you know traditional leading man but with this amazing acting mm-hmm. range and i think you're right to point out that the range required is huge yeah. not not to mention of course uh him being a very accomplished musical theater actor oh uh, yeah i mean that's that's where he started out was uh musical theater he won a tony for a musical called Romance Romance, I believe. Um, He's also done some Sondheim the, uh, the stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Something in the part with George, I think he did at one point. Yeah. Well, I, d- I mean, him and Mandy Patinkin are kind of interchangeable in my mind. And, so. I mean, they're very different actors, yeah. but yeah. they've got similar careers. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, fantastic uh, actor. Just to say, uh, uh, the theme tune was by Mike Post, who oh. is like the king of, of TV theme tunes. So... Law and Order, The A Team, NYPD Blue, Rockford oh, Files, wow. LA Law, Magnum PI, Hill Street Blues. Like that's why it's so good. Everything. Actually, do you know what I think Hill Street Blues is, is probably the best thing. Oh, Hill Street, fantastic, fantastic. So cool. 
Yeah. Uh, in fact, actually, sorry, just while we're reminiscing on the early stuff, I think the the first Quantum Leap episode I ever saw was the one where he has to play the Ma- La Man of La Mancha. Oh, because one my, of my favorites. dad has all never is an actor, musical theatre actor, and always dreamed of uh, being in La, Ma- La Man of La Mancha. Yeah. Man of La Mancha. And uh, and he thinks that Scott Bakula's version is the best version of all time. Without a doubt. Specifically in that episode. So, so, so that episode... Impossible Dream. Yeah. That, that episode of Quantum Leap, where he's in Man of La Mancha, and the finale of season four of Kerber Enthusiasm, where Larry David and Ben Stiller and the producers... Oh, yeah. ...are, for me, the only two times I've ever really seen TV get what it's like to be in a show yeah like like the nerves the tension that the those two episodes of completely different tv series for me are the only two times i've ever watched tv try and do something about theater and i'm going mm. do you know what i can't fault any of you've actually right. nailed exactly what theater's like in that um yeah fantastic episode also just to say uh pete townsend wrote a song called mike post theme um, I mean, that was an fe- that was featured on the Who's 2006 album Endless Wire. Okay, uh, that, that great about the ubiquity album about the ubiquity of posts work in television theme music. So there you go. Hey, you know you've made it when Pete Townsend's doing something. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so Adam very kindly because he uh, uh, knew that I was such a huge fan said I'd love to hear more about Quantum Leap, but I'll leave it up to you which episode to choose. So yeah. I have chosen. Uh, uh, one of my favourites, along with the Man of La Mancha one and and, and and a few others, but um, uh, it just has been one that's always stuck in my mind. As I say, I've not watched this for about a decade. Um, but it is the uh episode seven of season three, and it's called Black on White on Fire. Yeah, what an incredible episode! I think um, it's a bit like when we talk about Twilight Zone, which I think also um, mm. you know, is one of those great sci-fi mo- morality things if i had to pick a twilight zone that i just never forget it's monsters on maple street and if i had to pick a, a quantum leap episode as yeah as fun as the man of the mantra is this is something that just really struck with me yeah uh, hard as a kid yeah so um, um uh, again for those of you that haven't seen it um it is uh uh surrounding the events of the watts riots so just briefly before we get into the episode itself to give you some context mm-hmm. uh the Watts Riots, uh, also referred to as the Watts Rebellion or Watts Uprising, um, took place in the Watts neighbourhood in South Central Los Angeles. Uh, uh, only for four days, from August 11th, uh, five days rather, August 11th to August 16th, 1965. Um, so on the 11th of August, 1965, a guy called Marquette Fry uh, was an African-American motorist uh, on parole for robbery, was pulled over for reckless driving. Uh, a minor roadside argument broke out, which then escalated into a fight with police. Community members reported that the police had hurt a pregnant woman and six days of civil unrest followed. Nearly 14,000 members of the California Army National Guard helped suppress the disturbance, which resulted in 34 deaths and over $40 million uh, worth of property damage. It was the city's worst unrest till the Rodney King riots of 1992. So, yeah, um, quite, quite powerful already hearing that description of what was taking place in August uh, 1965. Yeah. And as we record this, um, you know, we have race riots in Kenosha in Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, obviously, as we speak. yeah, um, uh, uh, unplanned, but but particularly pertinent uh, that we are doing this episode at this time because, 
yeah uh as much as things change things stay the same and it's uh yeah yeah uh, uh upsetting and and infuriating and uh but also important to go back and watch mm-hmm. episodes like this not not to say and we'll get into this not to say that it's perfect because i do think it's 1991 and also it's it's been created by white people so i think there are parts of the episode that i think miss the mark slightly and they could have you know if that was made today you'd make slightly different choices but also there's a lot in the episode that i think is is incredibly powerful and and important and i also think and we'll talk about this a little bit more i think it is particularly interesting that the writer um as well as um belisario the creator Mm -hmm being on board as a, as a writer the main writing credit is given to his wife at the time yeah uh deborah pratt um yes. who is african-american yeah so which to yeah, have a female writer on a huge yeah. primetime show a female black uh, writer writing in 1991 yeah one of the biggest tv shows around is, is quite an interesting thing in or end and of itself but also interesting when we talk about and contextualize some of the issues that are discussed in this episode yeah absolutely absolutely so um the first thing that uh struck me um as always with quantum leap sam uh dr sam beckett wakes up yeah um in in whatever body and whatever world <laughs> yeah. he is and he has yeah. no prior idea what's going on and yeah. you as the viewer are completely thrown into no it idea. you've yeah. got no idea what's going on yeah so you have to catch up and one thing i think quantum leap does really really well is you know when you're like you're watching um i don't i don't know uh what was that terrible program press you know <laughs> and they were trying to do exposition yeah and it's like the a child's first story when they tell you all the information that you need to know in the first five minutes or then you've got west wing where in sorkin which just doesn't do exposition yeah and you have to catch up quantum leap i think is the only program i think that strikes that balance so perfectly of going here's what you need to know but I'm not going to spoon feed you. I'm not going to underestimate you. He, yeah. They never underestimate the audience. Yeah. Um, so I think you're, yeah, you're thrown immediately into the situation where Sam is in the body of a black medical student. Yeah. Um, who is in love with a uh, white woman um, called Susan. Yeah. Um, and they are approached by um, his, his, he's approached by his brothers. Yeah. Who take issue with it and start explaining the, the, the kind of controversy surrounding uh, a white black mixed relationship in yeah. this time and this is unknown unbeknownst to them a few days before the what's right yeah um yeah. so that's what we're kind of thrown into and yeah. we get all this information very quickly and very uh, uh what's the word very sophisticated writing yeah um and already quite hard hitting you know, um, yeah. you've got obviously use of the N word, and you also got um, terms like honky mm-hmm. and kind of discussing racial dis- differences uh, quite strong, quite aggressively straight away. Yeah, uh, uh, I think one thing to note, and 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 we'll probably come back to this as well later, is that something I really appreciate about the episode is that no one at any point is painted as a protagonist or an antagonist. Mm. Ev- ev- everyone has justification for what they do and how they feel and what they say. And that's really important. And again, I I feel very ahead of its time for, again, 1991, when yeah. there's stuff that you watch even today that I don't think has the social conscience that this episode has in a lot of ways. Yeah, no one feels like an accessory. 
No. And it's certainly not representation for the sake of no. you know, box ticking, partly because no. it's the 90s and there wasn't any box ticking. Um, yeah. But also, uh, yeah, you're right. No character feels like an accessory. And there are really clear characters, even in, I think it's the character of Papa, who's the yeah. um, the friend of yeah. uh, Lonnie, who's the brother, you know, doesn't have a great deal of dialogue. No. Um, but absolutely feels like a completely independent, different character. Yeah. And I think lots of all of those personalities are established really well in the early scenes yeah and i and and i think something one of the devices that is so great about quantum leap is that you when you have sam go into the bodies of people that are racially different or of a different gender which happens quite a lot um you have this thing where you are watching someone have the ability to walk in someone else's shoes and and to learn but you also have the opportunity to show what because he still is ostensibly regardless of what body he's in he's still a straight white man mm-hmm. so you you also show that you know when he's talking that that the real person wouldn't necessarily be saying those things or feeling those things because yeah the real person is actually black inside whereas samuel Beckett's still a white person trying to make sense of this world and therefore the stuff he says isn't always right but but yeah. also b- because he's speaking from a position of being uh from from privilege yeah and i and i really like that and yeah absolutely and i think that um the quantum leap uses that uh and again not always perfectly and yeah. not all, you know not completely without problems but it uses the idea that you've got a, a, a person in, with privilege looking at different perspectives playing women for example and experiencing sexism and having to react to it and deal with it um, but I think this episode, and you know, maybe this is explored in other episodes as well. But I think more so in the character of Season, um, played by uh, Connie uh, Henninger, um, she also, as a white woman, in a isn't the only voice of the, the person who is experiencing identity-based prejudice. Yeah, she, her, and Sam, but Sam obviously appearing to everyone else as an african-american doctor you've got you've got two conflicting voices there trying to work together for a common goal but from completely different time periods yeah and i think that that adds an extra kind of layer um if that makes sense at all. yeah yeah know? absolutely yeah um so yeah so they 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 uh lonnie is um sam's brother yeah and he's being put through medical school by lonnie's working hard for him but lonnie is yeah. also uh a uh, quite a big activist yeah. um, in the Los Angeles area, um, uh, anti-racism worker, and also quite heavily influenced, clearly by Malcolm X. Yeah, which is um, yeah and, mentioned as well. Um, yeah, and it's also worth mentioning that at this point we learn that uh, uh, I've forgotten the name of the character that Sam Beckett actually is. Uh, um, I'll, I'll get it in a second. Yeah, uh, but he uh, uh, Sam is in the body of uh uh as you say a young medical student but also it's important that we mentioned that he is at this point been accepted into a ray ray's ray, name ray's ray. ray uh ray has been accepted into a prestigious hospital uh a university teaching hospital in uh boston right and obviously his brothers are saying don't saying don't you know so so there's the also already this this seed planted of you know aspirational yeah 
kind of upwardly mobile sort of that those sort of 80s 90s capitalist reaganistic yeah uh things that even you know a person of color back then is is wanting to remove himself from the situation and his brother's saying but you could use your skills to to help what's going on here where we are and also you know be a they they put a lot of emphasis on him being a role model for uh other young black people who need to see a young black dude become a doctor so that they can aspire to that so it's so by by embracing this social mobility and working very hard and you know against all odds to uh get this member of a poor family through medical school we're giving him that social mobility but also Lonnie's denying him it's capped yeah to a point so it means that he can't actually he's not actually free to do with what he you know wants to do with his skills but then also the journey is about Ray's journey of where he needs to be and what to do with his work which is again I, I think quite interesting as we get towards the decision he makes at the very end of the episode yeah absolutely um yeah so there's this pressure and also at the same time we learn that uh Ray's girlfriend uh Susan is uh yes a white woman but also the daughter of a white racist police chief in LA. Yes, yeah. So very early on, we understand that he does not want Ray and Susan to be together. Yeah, so, so he, Ray, Ray goes to drop Susan off yeah. at the police chief's home. And yeah, very, and, and it's very, pulls no punches. It's actually quite difficult to watch him talking to, yeah. to Ray. Um, um, Mark uh, Alimos, mm. the, uh, or or Alemo, um is the actor uh, who I think, like everyone I will talk about in this episode, is excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I cannot stress enough, and I'll, I mean I will say it again at some point, but the the caliber of the acting in this yeah. episode is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as, it, as it always is in Quantum Leap, because we're used to watching dated TV where the <laughs> yeah. acting is questionable. It's nice to just go, oh, I can breathe out. Every, everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone's, Everyone's really good. Yeah. This is great. Um, but yeah, he, you know, and and you know, he says, you know, I I I tried, but I just I just I tried can't. to see you as an individual. I tried to see you as an individual, yeah, but I can't because you're one of them, and it is incredibly racist rhetoric. And and there's this beautiful detail of his African American uh, housekeeper mm. overhearing him say this to Ray. And her heart kind of breaking. It, it, it's, it, but it's, it's so but it's, subtle. But it's in the back of the shot. It's not dwelled yeah. upon, but it's just this nice little addition of her having to hear him say that and 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 obviously then cancelling out whatever relationship they've had, you know. Which we learn has been a relationship of 11 years of service. Yeah. So, yeah, real detail. Um, and again, something you don't often see in screen on screen. Maybe because modern, you know, modern film and TV is all about filling the, filling the shot, right? But yeah. it was a real kind of standard mid-shot over the shoulder with a long back. Um, and then, and then, quite far at the back of this house, you see this this housemaid in a very kind of short close up to her, not even a close up really. And I thought it's kind of blocked like a play. Yeah, you know. Um, and I thought, oh, maybe we should have more of that actually in modern yeah. TV and film because it added a layer with no dialogue and no time wasted, but it added a depth that yeah. that um, really came through later on as well pay off for that was fantastic absolutely absolutely so yeah it is as you say quite difficult to watch um uh, and some of this you know rhetoric's there but also at the same time ray obviously being 
who is actually Sam Beckett, who yeah. is actually Ray. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sam Beckett is his characteristic is trying to absorb all this information. Yeah. So he's reacting to things quite intellectually. Yeah. Which, again, he can because he's Sam is, as you say, has privilege, white privilege. Yeah. So can take the time to do that, but also it allows him us to see him going. Gosh, how would Ray feel about this, and how yeah. would Ray respond? Yeah. And at the same time, uh, Al turns up, um, Dean Stockton, and gives him some information about yeah. why he's there, which is uh, in a few uh, hours' time. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, there is going to be a, a riot breaking out. Yeah. And he says, "What? Do you, what do you mean? I can I can go stop it?" He said, "No, no, it's already too late." Yeah. Um, it started. Do you not remember the Watts riots? Yeah. And he explains that this is exactly what David's kind of read out at the beginning. There's a great line, I think it might be slightly later, but um, relates to that when Al, he's, as you say, Sam says, well, maybe that's why I'm here. We can stop it. Yeah, I've converted and, the two conversations. Yeah, but yeah but, and, and Al says, uh, uh, if, if, you, if we wanted to stop it, we should have come here 50 years ago. Which is, again, 1991, and we're making these comments. I just, I love, I love the bravery of, of the writing in 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 this and, in this and to have al also as the voice of it started it, it started when the first the first black person couldn't buy a property yeah. it started when you know he lists all these things about why these riots are happening and and it's the same today and it's this idea this of, match has been burning for a very long time he says and it's this idea and it's this problem that so many people that live through privileged lenses lenses have of not linking things back why is that the case that this is the case you know yeah. you go why you know pe- contextualizing context contextualizing why you know certain numbers of crime or levels of crime or people incarcerated in prison might be you know skewed to a certain race or another is going well look at look at how that race is is, is treated look at the 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 levels of poverty and deprivation that they have to live in uh yeah. uh because of uh, uh, rich white men that control the world. It's, 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 it, you have to link these things back. Yes. And, and that was just a really nice, succinct way of, of doing it. Of not going, oh, oh, people are angry and killing each other. Isn't that really bad? Oh, isn't everyone bad that's doing that? We go, well, well, well no. You know, it's the Donald Trump thing, both yeah. sides. You go, no. It isn't both sides. No, because of context. And, yeah. and I just loved, I love so much that, that line was in there. It, and 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 it was said with such authority mm-hmm. of the person with the most amount of information, literally the the, the data. He goes on about the, yeah. the data all the time, the data. Um, and and I think that to have Al as the authority figure when yeah. he says something, it's because he knows it's the truth. Yeah. So for him him as a character to say that, it also meant that as a viewer, yeah, I, I, maybe I don't know how I felt as a kid, but me just go, oh right, okay, that's it. Yeah, that's the it's case. All, it's also the worth lesson. it's also worth mentioning in the uh, uh, canonical kind of life of Quantum Leap that the character of Al fought in Vietnam was a Vietnam POW, and then when he uh, uh, escaped and returned to America, he married an African American woman and became instrumental in the civil rights movement. So right. this is also the character of Al talking from exper- his own from it own lived his own experience, experience as well, as well. which ah, is really nice. Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, I didn't know that. That's yeah. great. Um. So yeah. Uh, obviously, Sam's instinct uh, as Ray is like, oh well, maybe I can do something to stop it. Uh, Al explains that that's not going to happen. He says, well, why am I here? Um. And 
essentially we have some some more um friction between Lonnie and Ray and um some of the other guys and and as the essentially Al works out that he says the reason you're here is because what happened with the original when this happened the first yeah. time well which is the first time but yeah. uh was that uh Susan died in the yeah. race riots and Ray, who's obviously in love with Susan, wanted to marry her, never got over it and gave up his dream of being a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the most important thing. So we've got to make sure that still happens. Um, presumably to, as everyone says, to set a precedent, to show that this can happen, yeah. to break that social boundary uh, and climb upwards um, and bring the community of Watts with him. Um, so that's his mission. So he knows that that's what he's got to do. But at this stage... Um, he's at a party being seduced by one of Lonnie's friends. Yeah. Who is saying, you shouldn't be with a white girl, you should be with a, a brown girl, or yeah. a black girl. Um, and it's really uncomfortable because yeah. this character is kind of not, you know, seems like a perfectly lovely normal person um, and not kind of vilified as like an evil no, temptress no, no, at no, all. No, 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 it's really no. well played. Yeah. Where it's not demonized, but she's saying, yeah, like, actually, race does matter because right now we are getting our asses kicked by the white man and we don't need, like, ally sh- like ally- yeah. allying up with the people who are actually oppressing us is not yeah. going to help right now. And it, again, echoes a lot of that narrative that Malcolm X was um, talking about and obviously what led to the Nation of Islam um, and the idea of segregation being a, a something that was actually supported, so separate but equal being supported mm-hmm. uh, by a lot of black activists in the time. So it's quite nice that we're throwing in this element of quite complex critical race theory history. Yeah. Um, yeah. And seeing Sam being quite confused and conflicted and going, well, I... Ray isn't going to kiss this woman back because Ray's yeah. in love with Susan. Um, but also, if I reject this yeah. uh, this advance these advances, I'm sending a very clear message to my yeah. black brothers and sisters of whose side I'm on. So it's yeah. a real dilemma already. There, I think. I think there's something that that party scene does quite well that that I think similarly uh, in uh, these scenes at the um, bar club in uh, Black Klansman does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually something that I must say, I kind of witnessed firsthand last year at the Edinburgh Fringe, uh, where um, uh, uh, I had to kind of stumble across uh, 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 this uh, Fringe of Colour event at mm. the Assembly Members Bar, the, the Performers Bar. And, and it's, and it's, it's, it's the, f- you know, I didn't realise in my own ignorance until last year and I, I, I happened to, to walk in and, 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 and kind of see that event unfold about going god the the amount of just relaxation and the ability to be yourself mm. and to kind of breathe and to not be an identity that other people perceive you as or, or to fulfill that role to not be within other, a wider sense to not be other yeah and and i think there's there's a real joy in that party scene uh in this episode and same in when 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 you have the dance sequence uh the one with the kind of the uh the uh soul train dance yeah. sequence in black Klansman, you know where you just go amidst all of this fighting all this thing actually being able to see that that there, there's joy there and that there's happiness there because yeah because they're not having to be other they're not having to fight they're not having to deal with they're not watching their backs and and and, and, and so when you when you factor that in 
you kind of understand where she's coming yeah. from in in that quote unquote segregationist sort of mentality of of why 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 would you want to be to, that when when to unsettle to unsettle the, yeah. the few safe places that we have every time yeah. you bring your girlfriend around yeah we're reminded that we're less or other or and and also not just your girlfriend happens to be white but also the daughter of the police chief who's murdering us yeah um yeah and, and is hugely racist and representative of a societal racism yeah that is institutionalized yeah i, I think that's a really i really like that um story and i i think that yeah you're right it's encapsulated really clearly in that scene but the party is interrupted um as lonnie runs in and explains that the riots have really kicked off yeah uh and that they are killing um uh policemen are killing um people of color black men out there and that they need to go and fight yeah and obviously sam as ray knows mm-hmm. what the what you know he knew this was going to happen but not quite yeah. how and he turns around and says, for goodness sake, everyone, please stay inside. If you go out there, you, it's dangerous. Yeah. Please don't go and cause trouble. You'll be safe in here. Sorry, I, j- I just wanted to jump back uh, 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 just for a second to, again, that that owl speech. Because one of the things he lists, I've just remembered, is uh, it, it started the first time a, a black man was killed by a cop for the colour of his skin. Yeah. And again, I thought, my God, like... Like we think that the BLM movement started, you know, yeah. three four years ago. Like come, like ninety one, and they're making these points. It, it was just yeah, and and also um, at this point in time in ninety one, yeah, uh, the Watts riot is the, is the biggest race riot America's ever yeah. seen. Uh, again, as you said, fourteen thousand National Guard, yeah, thirty four thirty five deaths. Um, you know, it, it, the country had never quite seen anything no. like it in modern times. No. Um, so, yeah, mentioning those things and, and reminding. Yeah. It's obviously very important to yeah. uh, the writers and the makers of Quantum yeah. Leap that and they want to hit this home. As as you mentioned before we started recording, only a year before Rodney King. Which, which of course... Which was the, the, the biggest... The birth of the Black Lives Matter movement and also, yeah, the biggest race riot. Um, yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, uh, sadly eclipsed the Watts riots yeah. in terms of, um, I say sadly, in, in terms of the, the damage that yeah. was done. Um, was it over 40 million, you said the 65, 40 million dollars worth of damage was done? Uh, yeah, 40 million dollars, I think. 40 million, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Rodney King's it's, it's, death obviously being even larger. We talked, uh, uh, as we were watching, it's clear that they're using quite a lot of real footage of the riots yeah. interspersed in this. Uh, which is interesting. Which, uh, yeah. You notice, because it's 60s footage, mm. but Quantum Leap's actually very, very good in terms of like its effects, its tech, using yeah. uh, the idea that Al's a hologram, that people yeah. walk through him. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's a really advanced piece of television. There's a particularly good bit of editing where uh, uh, there's a writer that's, that throws a Molotov cocktail which is obviously filmed within the show yeah. and it cuts to what is clearly a real piece of real yeah. footage of a fire engine having a Molotov cocktail and I was like that's so perfect it's so that's slick. a splice between something you've filmed and a real piece of footage and it yeah you don't notice a, a, a joint you don't all. notice the joint but I think it's deliberate because mm-hmm. they all would have known it's very clear to see that they're two yeah. different types of footage but I think they made a choice to go, let's just remind our viewers again that this is real and it happened. Yeah. And it's yeah. important to remember this is actually footage of what's yeah. actually going on. And when you see the fires raging in the... you, uh, it, is, it is Yeah. quite 
quite something. Yeah. So, so I, I think it's near around this point that we get CCH Pounder coming in, who is just a phenomenal actress uh, playing the mum. Yeah. Um, uh, again, she's you'll, been in a lot of things. Yeah, most people will probably know her from The Shield. I guess that's her kind of big, big role. Right. Um, but but yeah, uh, tons of stuff. In fact, uh, is in uh, NCIS New Orleans with Scott Bakula right. at okay, the moment, yeah. uh, and oh, has been nice. for several years. Uh, so yeah, so uh, obviously this yeah first time they work together. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean yeah, uh, she's ama- everyone's amazing in this. Everyone's amazing. In but this. she has such a character characterful face and yeah. such a command of presence, which again is not something you normally say about a screen actor, really. Because yeah. I mean, yeah, there's screen presence, but playing a relatively small character, you mm-hmm. know, in a in a TV series. But you, I mean, I just kind of go, oh, I would have loved to have seen her on stage. That's what yeah. kind of that's yeah. what I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, and 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 I guess she really is one of the people in this for me that that I do perhaps think that the message isn't what it could be, whereas she seems to be portrayed as the voice of reason and she's kind of the one that's like oh you silly boys and i just like it just you know well the famous rodney king quote can't we all just get along feels a bit like it's too much of the message of this episode for me and and, again we don't want to be equating the sides and i do feel that every now and then this episode just tips slightly into maybe positing that as an idea which as we know now isn't necessarily useful you know because you know as as some of the guys that were you know tipping over cars in 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 uh minneapolis mm-hmm. were saying when they're being you going nothing else works we've tried everything else you know it's yeah. it's 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 the colston statue in bristol you know people don't realize a decade worth of petitions and trying to get the government and campaigning they're going, we are out of options. We are angry. We are hurting. We're dying and bleeding. This is necessary, you yeah. know? And, 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 and I, and I do think it, that does come across with Lonnie mm-hmm. and it's not made to feel that that's a bad thing. I just think there's a little too much emphasis for me in the episode on, on getting along being, you know, and, and slight, allusions to you know i don't see color kind of thing so i think there is some early stuff so just to contextualize this scene um we have lonnie uh so 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 ray and susan are holding up in ray's apartment yeah um over the road and lonnie comes in uh with his kind of two partners um i know one's called papa i can't remember the other name um but he's slashed his arm babies slashed uh slashed his arm open he's been shot and he's yeah. uh, got shrapnel on his arm and he needs stitches um and uh they say come on ray you're a doctor you, you're a medical student you've got to help us so he kind of says and you know he says I'll, I'll get uh i'll get a sewing kit and they're having a bit of a chat and um and lonnie you know is saying you've got to come and help us and and his mother uh is saying no don't like i need like you'll both die yeah. And I'm a mother, yeah. and I don't want you to die. And Lonnie is saying, you know, but nothing else works. We've got to do something. I suppose that's his position. But I think there's also important. I think if if I think it's important to recognise the the fact that there's an age difference between obviously Lonnie and Ray and their mother. Yeah. Now that 
I, I, I suppose if you imagine that person to be in their 50s at least. Yeah. Um, in 65, they've lived through quite a lot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of different forms of racism. And I think often yeah. you find older voices uh, tend and, and and often maternal voices saying, well, yes, it might work, but I, I still can't lose my child. Yeah. And I felt that it was clear that that's where she was coming from. Um, but also I think it would be Odd if you did something about the Watts riots or you did something about Rodney King or you did something um, about George Floyd and mm-hmm. you didn't have a, ca- a black character saying, actually, I don't think this is the right thing to do. Because yeah. as you know, we've had in Kenosha today, yeah. um, his mother standing up saying, don't do not do this. She mm-hmm. said that she, that, that's her position. Is she's very against rioting, violence, destruction. Yeah. Um, said, don't do this in my boy's name as mm-hmm. he fights for his life in hospital. So I think actually, although, like thinking purely dramatically, I think there's a place for it. Yeah. But I agree with you. There's a part of me that just worries, is this the kind of white TV makers coming through? Yeah. And I suppose for me, the answer is, well, if it had been written by a white man. I think you're right. I think that's what it comes down to, yeah. And the fact that Deborah Pratt is the writer and yeah. is a woman of colour, I think you know let, we, we've got to accept that that's yeah that, that is a real thing and that's yeah what's going i think on. i think that yeah I it's think a messy that's, conversation that's, that's absolutely what it has to boil down to right is 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 who's the voice that's saying it yeah. and yeah absolutely and and also at this point we have susan um who is getting a bit you know fed up with with mm-hmm. with constantly being kind of berated yeah um and yeah has this position of i don't see color it doesn't matter and yeah. sam himself says why you know aren't we just humans can't yeah, we just yeah, say yeah, humans yeah, yeah, instead yeah, yeah, of yeah. black folk or white folk um and they're saying and and uh, i think it's the is it, is it his mother he says oh yeah not in my lifetime no one's ever yeah gonna look yeah, at, yeah, yeah no yeah. one's ever going to look at a, a black folk and white folk and call them all human first yeah not in my lifetime yeah and i think gosh like it wasn't happening in 89 no it wasn't happening in 65 certainly and it ain't happening today folks and 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 it's and and again it's making use of the fact that we're aware that sam is still a white man within a but so 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 that that mentality isn't raised it's sam's and i think that's really clever how that comes in and out of it of of he is trying and he's trying to learn and you can see the journey he goes on in the episode by the end but Mm. there's still you can hear it's it's the white man talking from an intellectual point of view rather than from lived experience. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, really nice. It's it's very, very rarely you ever hear a person of colour say, I don't see race or I don't see colour. Exactly. Because if you've been made to feel other or oppressed mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. discriminated against because of the colour of your skin from the day you were born, yeah. you're going to be pretty you're aware of what colour you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, it's that idea that privilege is often invisible to those that have it. And Sam Beckett... Yeah, as a white physicist, yeah, maybe in the body of a black doctor, but still doesn't have the mindset of someone who's experienced uh, discrimination. I think, yeah, you're right. It's very clear. Yeah, um, um, yeah. So I, I just noticed in my notes again. Just wanted to go back to a line I really liked. I think it happened a little bit before this, but again, it's an L line. Um, uh, and he says, uh, uh, he, um, um, "It's when Al Al says oh, I'm black again," and you can hear this like the yeah. struggle. Like it's yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, and 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 he says, you know, I'm with this, I'm with this white woman, and no one wants us to be together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Al says, well, look, you might be in California, you know, that might be the most liberal place you can get to without leaving the country, but there's still ignorance and bigotry here. And again, I yes. thought, again, 
just it it really doesn't pull any punches this episode um, no it's like it just says it how it is yeah um but at this point there is this kind of still this lingering slight privilege they're coming from sam's character yeah. not necessarily the episode like we've discussed um but then sam says right we what we actually need to do is get to get a hospital. hospital yeah and they say oh my car's busted how are we going to get there he's, you know we've got to get keys and he says well like actually one thing you don't need in what's right now are keys <laughs> yeah so they bust into the hospital and they the clinic um, and they set up a clinic and yeah. uh, Ray slash Sam, who obviously has inherited all the medical skills of Ray as yeah. he's entered his body. And Susan work together on patching everyone up. And this mm-hmm. is where I think the drama, if it wasn't already dramatic enough, hi- right, it's, it, it kind of uh, cranks up here. Yeah. So, yeah. So th- uh, uh, th- there's a point where a mother... Uh, uh, African-American mother brings her young son in who's been wounded yeah. uh, uh, in the riots and uh, uh, Sam's Ray's is treating him and then he asks for some assistance from Susan who comes over and the mum just says I don't want her honky ass you know anywhere near my son yeah and 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 again it's subtle but the but the decision for sam again as the white man as playing the character that's in love with susan to not go after the mum but to go okay no it's fine yeah. me and me and mum are all sort of at like so again they're not making her the antagonist for getting annoyed yeah. at the white woman they're, they're showing like yeah you probably would be and Pretty, yeah. absolutely justified at this stage in 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 feeling like that and 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 that being your emotional journey and that's okay and actually the character choosing to appease that rather rather than is i think again given that it's 1991 really important and a brave decision to make um but nevertheless the character of susan yeah um, who I, I should say is played really well by um connie henninger i think mm-hmm. one thing she plays really well is is what we're about to see and she, she's been teasing it all the way mm-hmm. through but it's a real sense of fragility where she turns and leaves the clinic room. Yeah. And, and she takes some time out next to the window and, and is clearly very troubled by the experience. Yeah. And I think this might be my favourite line in the whole episode. Or favourite two lines, I should say, in the whole episode, yeah. which is when she looks at... So Sam lo- comes in... So yeah, Sam, Sam and Ray comes in... The, the kid. And she says, I don't... I don't... You know, we, how can we be together? How is this going to work? I'm always going to be judged on the color of my skin when I'm with you. By both and, sides. Yeah, and he says, "I'm pretty sure that's how everyone in Watts feels right now." And I yeah. Like, yeah, don't you know? He doesn't let her have that. He doesn't, you yeah. know, uh, appease her. He he doesn't gratify her. It's 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 going. No, I'm. This is a teachable moment, actually, and I'm gonna. Yeah. You know, and also, and also, you and and Bakula because he's incredible he plays that as a learning moment you can see that as he's saying those say words <laughs> he's realizing that himself for the first time which, which means that through this experience played. uh you know dr beckett has learned something and mm-hmm. is going to carry that forward in the rest of his work on his journey home and, and yeah and that is a message to any white privileged person watching at home yeah you and myself included yeah going right see if yeah you know if if it can happen in that situation and it sounds silly but this is how tv and media works right yeah if we see it happen on i mean go oh maybe we can think like that too yeah and i think that's why it is important that uh beckett's um kind of colorblindness humanity yeah. 
to oh no wait it's a real this is so yeah. important it's a, such an important part of not just this episode but the way any race theory and race relations is treated by uh by our media consumption yeah absolutely and 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 i mean i remember it it probably wasn't the first time but probably my my first rewatching of it uh, uh when i was in my mid teens early teens maybe I remember watching this episode and immediately going out and researching the What's Riots because I had no mm. idea that they happened, no idea what they were, and and that this episode being responsible for my learning of of that yeah. uh, event, you know, and, and I'm sure I wouldn't be alone in that, which is oh, I mean, a I, hugely important. Thing. I don't think I um I was ever taught about the What's Riots no. at school. No, actually, of course. Um, I mean, I did some 60s feminism uh, in year 10, right. I think. You know, I mean, uh, that's probably most America, Amer- you know, modern America. Yeah. You're going to get in secondary school. Obviously, our degrees are in American theatre arts, so we spent a lot of time, yeah. uh, you know, studying that and spending time in the States as well. But I I, I think that there's a real lack of, of uh, I mean, it sounds like such an obvious thing to say, but it's worth saying. There's a huge lack of education when it comes to civil rights and uh, in 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 British secondary schools, particularly, yeah. and sadly, very much so in American schools as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, the civil rights and, and race relations is shockingly educated. Yeah. Uh, uh, so anyway, towards the end of uh, the hospital scene, Lonnie uh, and Baby come in yeah. with uh, Papa, who's been basically mortally wounded yeah uh, and and he dies uh on the floor of of the this sort of hospital clinic place um and then you see this incredible performance mm-hmm. and it's been a great performance by uh actor who plays lonnie uh, gregory miller yeah um who i, I mean yeah, i don't phenom- know why his imdb is so short because yeah it's stunning it's like he's stunning God, it's award-winning yeah. stuff yeah uh his rage and his passion and his, you know, obviously, no doubt, some lived experience there. So it's so beautifully put through, and his heart breaks when, yeah. uh, when, yeah, when when he passes away, and he kind of he's desperately trying to hold him up and say, "We can still get him to the hospital, which is five miles away, and they haven't got yeah. a car." Um, and of course, yeah, he passes away. But then we have this moment where. Sam Beckett says, "Because you made the wrong decision, that's mm-hmm. why he's dead." And that's where I kind of go, "Well, did did he?" Yeah, yeah. And that's where I think, agree, we have yeah. to be a bit critical mm-hmm. of this episode because we, 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 you know, saying saying to people in the middle of of a riot, a race war, in which fourteen thousand National Guard have been deployed. Mm-hmm. And a killing, you know, let's let's get this started because they were beating a pregnant woman who tried to break up a fight between a black man and the police. Um, You know, this is brutal stuff. And in the face of brutality, as Lonnie says, like, I'm I'm ready to fight and I'm ready to die for it because we're already dying. So what are you going to take from us? Like, we've got nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, And I'm fed up of being trampled on. And I think that he, this... This is where this yeah conversation is really interesting. I think it's really important that both sides of that are heard rather than you made the wrong decision. Like, he's not dead because he decided to go and fight racists. Yeah. He's dead because there are racists. Yeah. That's why. Like, yeah. that's the important bit that I think the episode doesn't quite yeah. hit home there. Agreed. Agreed. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, then Lonnie responds to this by saying, "No, no more black people are going to die. Can't see any more black people dying." Yeah. Um, and and grabs uh, uh, rifle the shot, rifle, shotgun. grabs a shotgun and essentially holds uh, uh, Susan hostage. Yeah. Um, and takes her up to this sort of clock tower place. It's kind of a flat opposite a clock tower, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know where it is, but it's somewhere else. Yeah, maybe it's on top of the clinic that they're on. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, word gets to Susan's dad, the police chief, that they've got a hostage and no more black people are going to die. And his reaction here is quite interesting because he kind of puts the phone down and he says to his kind of subordinates, mm-hmm. like don't kill anyone like yeah. don't kill anyone which is quite powerful mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. like he actually can yeah. say don't kill any more black yeah. people yeah otherwise my daughter's gonna die and you kind of go i'm really with lonnie here i think it's actually worth the whole yeah. situation yeah yeah like, yeah um yeah and and so you've got that going on and anyway they put a sniper on the clock tower and again it's important to note that lonnie is played with complete integrity and 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 you know, absolute justification of his actions. He he's not the antagonist in this. He's not you know some evil kidnapper. He's he's absolutely played at. And I think what this episode does, maybe better than anything else, is it really just creates the atmosphere of of the anger and the desperation. Um, yeah. Of these people in that situation that you know we talked about those the guys in Minneapolis the other month tipping over the cars, you know, going, I don't know what else to do. I do not know what else to do because nothing else is working and nothing else is getting through. And I think that that is, for me, that is the feel of this whole episode. And I think it's something that reminded me a lot of, obviously when the Black Lives Matter movement this time was uh, kind of uh, reignited um it was during the pandemic and during a lockdown and certainly in uh minneapolis but also in london mm-hmm. we saw uh huge protests taking place in a situation where actually we were encouraged to stay inside for our own safety and i yeah. remember hearing um a couple of colleagues of mine who were involved in those uh right uh, uh, protests saying if racism is a more severe threat to my life and my well-being and my mental health and my physical health yeah. than coronavirus, yeah. then why on earth would I not protest even if coronavirus is a pandemic? And yeah. again, it's a perspective that was only criticised by people who have the privilege of being white in a racist world. Yeah, it, 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 It's something that I really feel isn't talked about enough in the sense that coronavirus is less of a threat than racism is yeah. to my life. Yeah, and and I I found it very frustrating that 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 argument and that perspective kind of shaker yeah. wasn't repeated on the news. It should have been yeah. all over the news. Going coronavirus is a massive threat, but actually in comparison to racism, it's only really a threat to white people. Yeah, because it's going to affect black people even more. Yeah, but their mortality rate is already diminished by the color of their skin in yeah. the UK today. Yeah, um, just worth. Sorry, going off on one. Off no, 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 absolutely. I, I think I remember reading an article at the time. You know, uh, uh, racism is the real pandemic, which I think yeah. is the title, which is yeah. If absolutely. we if we were active, I mean, think about the money and yeah. the time and the, the our own government um, uh, in this country and the states, questionably, uh, but all over the world, that has been put into the safety of of uh, people in a pandemic. Um, if that money was put 
remotely aside for even a tenth of it yeah. was put into actually tackling racism in a true anti-racist way, then again, perhaps that wouldn't be such a more dangerous pandemic than coronavirus or COVID-19. Yeah, exactly. Which is exactly why coronavirus will get a, a vaccine light years before Ebola will. Because, yeah. you know, uh, coronavirus isn't only affecting majority black countries. In the same way that if HIV... Yep. Uh, hadn't been demonised in, in the press as the quote-unquote gay plague, yep. then perhaps uh, we would actually have a have a vaccine for it to this day. Yeah, um, rather than only now, things like PrEP coming out, you know, and she's talking millions of deaths later. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so... Um, yes, so, so the, the police chief sets up a sniper uh, on the roof to hit Lonnie, but Ray is uh obviously a sam beckett yeah is standing with susan and there's a kind of a standoff yeah but i wrote down at this point hostage situation genuinely can't see a way out of this one like i can't yeah. i couldn't remember what happened no i so many years since i've seen it and i thought how how does this work like dramatically how does it tie up yeah um and then I'm also kind of remembering my like Aristotelian tragedy and going, oh no, but wait, but who? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who yeah. would fall under that? And you have this amazing discussion, and, and Al turns up again. Yeah. And he kind of consults his computer and says to Sam at different points, "Oh, I think you're getting through because yeah. remember his mission is to keep Susan alive yeah. and stay in Watson, become a doctor." Well, no, he well, doesn't know this. Yet. He doesn't. He he knows that it's to, it's to save knows, Susan. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That 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 they have to stay together. They have to the, stay together. Yeah. Right. Is 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 what Ziggy said. 87% chance you're here to keep Susan and Ray together. Right. Is 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 at this point what Which they've worked out with Ziggy. Worked out. Yeah. I also love the fact that they put like personify anthropomorphize Ziggy. Yeah. Because you so feel that he's like a character. Yeah. Even though he's not yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. see him, you know. No, you just a weird little calculator thing. A weird yeah, a weird calculator. But they have so much trust in in Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's this amazing kind of um, conversation between the three of them where Susan says, like, you don't have to kill me. And he's like, well, may maybe I do. Like, maybe yeah. maybe I do. And maybe that's what will stop them killing us. Yeah. And maybe that'll be it. And he says, sorry, I should just clarify because it's forgotten because he only Ziggy is a real person. In the oh, he pilot, is. he's a real person with a little moustache for him, but he only ever appears in the pilot. Okay. He's one of the other scientists working on the project, but he cut. There's only room for one hologram, so he communicates through. So the computer itself isn't Ziggy; they just refer to it as Ziggy as shorthand. But there is a real Ziggy, right, running in the, the present day, running through things and throwing them. Around. Yeah, just to oh, okay, clarify. yeah, yeah, that, that's good because I wasn't uh, aware of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is uh, this conversation, and and he says, "Well, what are you going to do, Lonnie?" Uh, and Al says, "I think he's going to be a martyr. I think he wants to be a martyr." Yeah. And so yeah, Sam has Ray says, "Don't don't be a martyr." And he said, "Well, there are plenty of martyrs in what's tonight." Yeah. And you're going to go, yeah. Like, why did we never refer to, mm -hmm. like, you know, there's dozens of people that died, the black of black people yeah. that died in the, in the Watts riots, or the dozens of people that are. Um, are dying right now. I mean, we've had four die in the last uh, 24 hours in uh, Wisconsin alone. Yeah. Like, as a result of race riots. Yeah. Um, like, why, why are they never referred to as martyrs? They're dying yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for a cause. But, oh, yeah, if you're Joan of Arc, fine. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's very interesting the way we record history. Um, so he says, I don't think you want to be a martyr. He says, there are plenty of martyrs in, in Watts tonight. And then 
there's this amazing moment where yeah. he essentially decides to put down the gun. And he... Because he's he doesn't want to... He's looking at the coverage yeah. on the TV. Which is also quite interesting, bringing in the element that one of the reasons why the 60s was such a an acceleration in, in history, both technologically, but in terms of across the board, really, yeah. culturally, was because you had TV and you yeah. had televised news for the yeah. first time ever. Yeah. Um, and he sees, yeah, uh, he, I think, um, is it Baby, who had his yeah. arm, uh, is shot. Yeah. And he says, oh, that's it. I kind of got to kill you. And he says, but I don't think you want to murder what I love. I don't yeah. think you'd kill, I love Susan. I don't think you'd kill what I love. And he just has this agonizing decision and he just says... There's so much hate. So, he so says much madness, yeah. So much hate and so much madness. And he is in so much emotional and physical kind of, I say physical, like... Pain. Pain. Yeah. It's just real. You feel that pain. Um, and it's really powerful. And he does decide to drop the gun and you, and he says, both of you get out of my sight. Yeah. At which point I remembered... That, that there's been a sniper on him Ray trying to get a clear the shot. Sight. Yeah. And so... They shoot Lonnie anyway. They shoot Lonnie anyway. Even though he let them go. Um, or let Susan go. Yeah. And the police chief, you know, Susan's father, rushes up. And he says, Oh, Susan, are you okay? And she says, Why did you kill him? You didn't have to kill him. And he says, yeah. But he was going to kill you. She says, No, he let me go. He said, Oh, we didn't know that. And obviously we've seen that the sniper didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Um, and... There isn't, you know, that that father daughter bond is going to be broken forever yeah. now. Yeah. Um. But Lonnie's lost his life, and Ray's lost his brother. Yeah. And and Ray is cradling uh, Sam Beckett as Ray is is cradling Lonnie's body, saying uh, why why yeah, and saying and then he says, "I have to stay here. I have to stay in Watts." Uh, and Al says, "Yeah, Ray has to stay in Watts." You know, and you can see that it's like, and he keeps Sam's, saying, "Don't." Yeah. He says it quite a few times yeah. throughout the episode. It's Ray, it's not he says, you. It's Ray, yeah. not you. Remember that. You've said that a few times now. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Ray, not you. Yeah. Like you're only borrowing this body. Yeah. And and he says, No, I have to. Yeah. And it yeah, as you say, there's this sense of Yeah. And Sam I, feeling like he yeah. he wants to be a part of this solution, like there's more work to do. Absolutely. And and you know, and and I think again that, that speaks to to any any you know, a uh, uh, person coming from a place of privilege because of their skin color that has any kind of empathy or 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 social conscience is is that feeling of like uh, I what I want to help I don't know how to but I can't watch this yeah. and and not do anything but what can I do you know uh, um, uh, n- not that that is in in any way as. <laughs> important as 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 you know bigger things about the movement that are happening but but that's certainly an aspect and i think it's nice that that's touched upon when you see sam and i i can resonate with that when you watch all this stuff on the news as as two straight white men watching it going oh, what can we watch what do we do how do we use our positions to help you know kind of thing um yeah and and, and i think that's really nicely played there um and there's also an you know it i kind of think that some criticism people might have of this is that ultimately it is a white person as scott bakula is uh, is in this role so him saying oh i wish i could say stay and save but i can't because of quantum leap kind of sounds a little bit like white savior white savior yeah yeah however you've got to remember that 
the characters are aware that that Ray lives on. Yeah, and Ray does become a does become and stays in what and, and also that's a, because I did have this moment of go when that because I couldn't quite remember how it ended, and when he talks about Boston and I did have this moment of going oh God, please please don't please don't end it that he goes to Boston like yeah. please don't end that that's the message is like just get out of your situation and assimilate and you'll be fine you know and like yeah. no 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 no. Um, uh, but it, it is absolutely the right thing to do yeah. and the right way to end it. Um, and then he ends it crazy him saying, uh, uh, is it enough? Is it enough? Yeah. You know, which is just heartbreaking. Um, and, and yeah, especially so heartbreaking pain. when those lines were written a year before or King Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Was murdered. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then uh, uh, he leaps into the body of a magician working with a child. So yeah, which he is completely think... throws you to the next thing. Which was always the great thing about Quantum Leap was what better way to make you watch the next tune in next week than to give you the first two minutes of the next episode? Like yeah. it's really simple but really effective. It is, but it also um, says right. This is difficult. This is a heavy episode, but also you can carry on with your day, and we're going to give you a, a something to undercut it and yeah um you know a little bit of comedy often to make you laugh now i don't know how many you know people watching this episode might find have very different reactions to it um especially based on their own personal experiences however i think that it's quite a wise thing to do yeah at the end of that episode to to give a lift and also then of course yeah there's a child magician poking swords into uh sam yeah and uh, he, you have the immortal words uh, oh he says boy. at the beginning slash yeah. the end of every episode. Yeah. Which I'd completely forgotten about. Um, oh, yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, how's he going to deliver this? Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, he kind yeah, of yeah. does it slightly differently. Different every time. Every yeah. time. Yeah. And it makes you wait for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the theme music and you go, God, what an amazing episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I get, yeah. As, as you say, definitely actually better than I was expecting because I... I said that would be the one we do, and then I thought, oh god, you know what? With it, with with the amount of, uh, you know, the amount of self education I've gone through in in the last several years of 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 you know uh, uh, anti racism and things like that, going, mm. oh god, I, I I didn't know the things I know now when I watched this. Maybe this is a really bad choice. Is it? How yeah. is it dated? What's you know? And and as we say, with the exception of of a few things that maybe just could have been hit home harder or maybe just missed the mark i i i honestly think it's light years ahead of its time for 1990 i can't think of anything else that with with the exception of the great work that was being done by black producers and directors and and people like spike lee and john singleton and, and those films that were coming out in the early 90s um uh the 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 well obviously you know um uh uh speaking to those issues at that time yeah i, I certainly for there's a fear a white produced watching. network television series in the early 90s to be to be as hard-hitting as this uh uh and and to be saying stuff that even to even network television in america today is afraid to say is yeah is really quite commendable and and and, and i think it does hold up and i think it's still a really important piece of television on on the whole I mean, only yesterday, I think it was uh, someone on Fox News was saying, you know, there are people trying to paint America as a racist country. And this is personal for me. It is not a racist country. And I'm like, right, this is 2020. Yeah. Look at everything that's going on today, literally right now. Yeah. And, you you know, we talked a little bit before about recording how similar 
uh, the instigation of the what's right circumstances are to to to, to what we've to George Floyd, to what's happening in Wisconsin, to yeah, Brianna Taylor, to to all all this, even just this year, you name the stuff that's happened. It is again and again and again, and you do, it does make you think. What's what is how are you going to make it stop? How can you, when will it stop? Yeah. Like what will it take? Because you burn up half of central LA, you know, talking about the the main street being referred to as Charcoal Alley. Yeah. Because that's what it looked like afterwards. Yeah. Like, how much of a fuss do people have to make in order for us to actually change the way in which the world is designed? And um, uh, yeah, I, it, it has to. People have to be prepared to, to put the work in. And I think it's encouraging that Sam's character at the end does say, is it enough? I, You know, there's this idea yeah. that he needs to stay in the body of this black do- doctor to do more work. And it, I, I can't believe I'm doing this, but anyone at home might be watching um, Umbrella Academy. Right. Um, and there is a character... Um, who is a, they're all superheroes and I'm not going to go into it it's very complicated quite weird and a bit incongruous and it also has a lot of time travel but um, one of the characters is a young African American woman from 2019 who is back in 1963 and lives there for two years and the Watts riots are starting to you know are kicking off um, and there's a moment where she she's married a black man and mm-hmm. got very involved in the uh, the movement um and she says, well, I've got to go back to 2019. Do you want to come with me? And she explains that there was a black president in, uh, you know, and Obama was there, you know, they yeah. made all these kind of, and he says, oh, that would be amazing. I'd love to come back to a time when there was a black president. Is everything solved then? And she's like, not really, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. she says, do you want to come with me? You can time travel with me. And he says, but if I if I don't stay here and do the work, we're not going to have that black president. In... Mm-hmm. And there's just, I mean, it isn't the most poetic writing and it isn't the most cleverly done, but there's this just quite nod to the Quantum Leap episode of time travel and yeah. where do you stay? Where do you need to be in order for the future to become what the future is? Yeah. What What's your role in it? And I love anything in TV that makes you ask, what's your role in it? It's, yeah. I think, really important. Yeah. And and I mean, something, uh, uh, you know... Uh, in a small way that that is slightly positive when you when you talk about comparisons between Watson today is that unbelievably it took three years after the Watts riots uh, of inquiries for them to determine that the Watts riots were racially motivated. <sighs> yeah, Where, I, I, I mean that. Which which you know at, at least at least it's a small thing, but but at least the you know the mainstream media in america and 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 the profile of black lives matter and things like that there there can be no doubt as to what is motivating these you know uh uh protests uh uh in the last few months and in fact um uh, uh you know i, I actually saw uh, uh, chris cuomo on cnn um not that long ago having an argument with a republican on on cnn news and saying no it's nothing to do with with looters it's nothing to do with mm-hmm. uh 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 you know communist protesters which funnily enough is what they also said in the 60s <laughs> uh it's it's you know it's it's absolutely people marching against systemic inequality like it's systemic racism and and you've got a natural you know respected news anchor on mainstream news in america saying that weeks after the case 
not three years after a trial. So so if there's some small progress that's been made there, then 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 that's it. But it is still, you know, ang- infuriating, heartbreaking, makes your blood boil that there are still so many similarities between what happened in what's, you know, 50 years ago and and what ha- what's happening today. It's, I, I, uh, yeah. yeah, and I just want to acknowledge that Quantum Leap didn't have to be that, didn't have to do that. No, like, yeah. Yeah, Quantum Leap was a fun sci-fi show that was a bit funny, a bit slick, um, and well, let's put good-looking Scott Bakula in a couple of weird places, and yeah. oh, we can get him to sing like an angel here, and you know, it could like it. It doesn't. It didn't have to be as brave with its choices, and clearly, the rest of television and film weren't doing that at the time no. on a large scale. So, I think we have to commend Quantum Leap for for bothering to actually have the difficult discussions in forty-five minutes. Absolutely, well, just Absolutely. Sunday. Um, what a great, great uh, joy to sit and watch that. And very much so. I think it's fantastic that you know, on a kind of bizarre podcast project, um, that we have the luxury of sitting here, you know, looking at some great TV from the past and reminiscing over it. But also the fact that it spurs on those kind of conversations. That means that it's, that's good art, right? Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. Um, so yeah. So uh, just yeah, uh, I really really urge you if if you can find it, Quantum Leap's not massively easy to find out there. Unfortunately, I think you can probably uh, 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 rent it for a pretty small fee from from Amazon Prime or th- or things like that, um, or perhaps rent it from YouTube. So yeah, have a little look out, um, or you know, go the old fashioned way, buy the box set on DVD like we yeah, got. Yeah, hey, pretty pretty um, cheap to get them on eBay if you, you're not DVDs nowadays. Yeah, Absolutely. I got I got Love Soup. Um, which I'll regret for the rest of my life. Yeah. Don't don't watch that. But watch Quantum Leap. Get the box set for that and enjoy it. And show your kids. Yeah. Um and keep keep the generation going. So we will be back next time uh with with a film that again uh uh is just our friend Tristan trolling me. Um he, he wants us to watch a film called Future Sport, which me and him watched many, many years ago. Uh, starring Dean Kane and Wesley Snipes, and it is a complete rollable ripoff, and it's one of the worst films I've ever made. So that's going to be good fun. Uh, so I'm looking forward to. It. Enjoy I enjoy. That next time. I yeah. love the, the original rollable film. If this all got a bit, you know, serious and political for you, uh, then don't worry. Next time we'll be back uh, uh, lambasting uh, crap media. We will be is, here. F- we will be fr- frivolous. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. Uh, in the meantime, you know where to find us and get in touch. Be that on Twitter at Macabre Podcaster, email podcastermacabre at gmail.com, Facebook fb.me forward slash podcastermacabre. And do like, share, subscribe and listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts from. In the meantime, I have been Callum Hughes. I have been David Shopland. And this has been Any Requests. See you later. Bye. Bye.